Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravalle and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funcas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. So today we're covering a very interesting topic we're seeing all over the news and this is about the elections in Germany and, and what, what the result means for uh, Europe's economy and, and, and what to expect over the next months. So we're very lucky to have Peter Boffinger with us, who is Chair for Monetary Policy and International Economics at Wurzburg University and a former member of the German Council of Economic Experts. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And also joining us from Madrid, let me let me welcome Raymond Torres, Funcas Europe Director. Hello, Raymond. Uh, hello, Carlos. So, Peter, things are very open at this stage, and and you know we we are not uh, sure about what kind of coalition is going to be formed in in Germany. But I wanted to start this conversation by asking you: so, no matter who's in the government, what are, in your view, the priorities? the top economic priorities for the next German government? Well, let me start, first of all, by saying that the result of the election is positive as it has strengthened the center parties and the parties on the far right and the far left uh, have lost votes. And I think overall, this is already a quite, quite positive result uh, in an area when so many country parties on the far right or on the far left uh, have such a strong strong influence. What are the priorities for the German economy right now? Well, so far the German economy was able to deal uh, with the pandemic relatively well. Um, but now, uh, after the pandemic is more or less over, the German economy is confronted with a huge transformation and maybe this transformation is even more difficult for the German economy than for other economies because the success story of the German economy in the last decades was its focus on, uh, on industry, on manufacturing and on cars and in addition, of course, also focus on exports. And now where we see this transformation, the decarbonization that is, that is required, uh, Germany has, has a problem because if you have a focus on manufacturing, uh, it's much more difficult to deal with this challenge uh, than economies who have a very strong focus on uh, on services, on tourism or on digital platforms. And here I think it's, it's a real challenge for Germany to, to make this transformation and and to, to keep uh, our, our strong uh, global position on, 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 the, on the world markets. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Raymond, obviously your, your perspective from, from Spain, from the south of Europe, what is your first reaction when you see uh, the results of the German elections? Yes, uh, well, first of all, I, I of course, um, uh, very much welcome the, the 
the, the results of the elections in the sense that uh, it seems to me that the, there is possibility for the European prospect to be further strengthened. So, uh, and uh, I mean, even though um, many commentators have said that uh, it may not be so different, in some circumstances, you know, the economic policies which uh, a new government would uh, would undertake vis-à-vis -vis what uh, was done under Chancellor Merkel, I, I think that uh, given the centrality of uh, the uh, of, of uh, the you know some of the themes, in particular the environmental theme, it seems to me that is a possibility for um, uh, first of all reinforcing the strategic autonomy of Europe in terms of environmental policies, which I think it could be, uh, along with uh, digital economy, as, as Peter was saying, it, it can be, it's a kind of industrial policy, if you wish, as well. We need much more strategic autonomy in terms of energy. We see now the price of electricity in particular going up quite a lot, but more generally, more fundamentally, uh, Europe needs to have a very successful uh, energy model transition. And I think it seems to me that the result of the election, given the centrality of that theme, uh, could be important. The other one, which is more of a question mark, I would say more of a priority, at least viewed from the prospect of other European countries, would be the fiscal rules, which is more immediate, if you want, uh, which is what to do with European fiscal rules, which, um, I, mean, uh, I mean, I understand, of course, the need to keep balances in, in mind, but of course, this has to be done to, along with the construction of a real fiscal policy in Europe. We have the beginnings of it with the, uh, um, the NGEU, uh, the uh, next generation EU, but uh, I mean much more needs to be done to make it a real fiscal policy for Europe. So I would highlight those two elements. So, uh, Peter, what Raymond mentioned a couple of issues that are so crucial for, for Europe's economy right now. He mentioned uh, he mentioned the fiscal rules, he mentioned the next generation program and, and what maybe this will trigger a, a, a EU fiscal policy one day. Uh, considering how complex are the, 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 the coalition uh, negotiations that will start anytime this week, what's the real weight of these European issues in that talks? Well, let me say, first of all, the good news is that we do not have the possibility of a conservative coalition of the Free Democrats and the Christian Democrats, because such a coalition would have been a problem for Europe. Under such a government, uh, there would have been a very strong focus on the debt break, on maintaining the stability and growth rate, on avoiding any forms of joint financing. And I think that's that's the good news that this kind of coalition is not possible. In another way, one can say the good news is that the Greens will be a strong member of any coalition that is possible. We have this traffic light co coalition, Social Democrats, Greens and Free Democrats. We have the Jamaica coalition as a, another uh, possibility with the Conservatives, the Greens and the Free Democrats. But in both of these possible coalitions, the Greens will be a strong partner and I think the Greens have been always very outspoken uh, relative to the European project on, on revising, fundamentally reforming the fiscal rules in a way that uh, investment will be included in the fiscal rules so as to have a kind of golden rule within the stability and growth pact and I think they are also very positive as, as, as forms of joint financing 
are concerned so as to repeat or to make uh, the next generation EU mechanism as a, as a kind of permanent institute. I think here the Greens are really crucial. Um, and of course, in, in the coalition with the Social Democrats, there would be no problem on these topics because as I see uh, Olaf Scholz, he widely agrees with all these issues. In a coalition of the Greens with the Conservatives, that would be more difficult. And of course, the, the main problem is how will the Free Democrats uh, decide and, and they so far have been very Europe, Europe Euro critic, very uh, very reserved against any forms of uh, of uh, giving up or or making the debt break more flexible. And so I think that will be really decisive uh, whether the Free Democrats will be somehow open to some some kind of more flexible approach as far as, as debt rules are concerned. But I think somehow they have to, to change their view because otherwise a, a coalition with the Greens will not be possible. But where the compromise will be, I think that's really the, the open question. Let me let me share something that I, I talked to a member of the Parliament, of the European Parliament, a few days before the elections, um, um, a social democrat following very closely the economic uh, situation and very active in the political machinery. And he was saying to me, well, you know, maybe it's great if Olaf Scholz is the next chancellor. I'm very glad. But if the FDP, if the liberals, they are in charge of the uh, of the of the uh, economic portfolio, then the situation may be worse than having us as junior partners in charge of the Minister of Finance. Any thought on any thoughts on that, Raymond? Well, I think that uh, well, I mean, uh, for uh, not being a German, I have to respect whatever the outcome is. I, I very much admire the ability to reach compromise in Germany. I think this is something something that we should hopefully follow in other in other European countries. And I think it it's it, we will have to follow it in our European countries because it's a reality that the you know uh, parliaments are much more fragmented than it was than was the case in the past. So even in Germany now, the two main, what used to be the two main parties, make uh, roughly 50% of the vote. Uh, I mean, uh, but uh, or even less than 50% of the vote. So uh, I mean, it's a big change, and the same in other European countries. So I very much uh, admire. Now that said, um, I, I I think that whatever whatever the Jamaica traffic light or other combination of uh, a majority, I think really for uh, the, the fate of Europe. I think we will have to, I think it would be extremely important to reach uh, a constructive agreement on what are the things that Peter was mentioning before, on the fiscal rules uh, in particular, and on completing the kind of monetary union, because I, I think we should not underestimate the risk of asymmetries and, and of divergences in, in Europe. Uh, for the time being, we are under the shelter, if you wish, of the ECB. So those uh, asymmetries or even divergences are a bit hidden behind the umbrella uh, and the support of the ECB. But the ECB will at some point start to slow down the uh, support that it has provided during the pandemic. And, and therefore, we will lose uh, some of that engine, if you want, of, uh, of cohesion in Europe. So we need uh, very soon. So I'm, I'm a bit worried uh, that if uh, I just don't know whether if negotiations go for very long, I, I, 
I know that in, in 2017, it took uh, months, in fact, to reach a, a coalition and agreement. I hope that um, uh, this transition, plus the fact that, of course, uh, whatever the outcome is, that is not done to the detriment of the um, European integration, because I think uh, we still fragile the European construction. Uh, we managed to do something extremely important with Next Generation EU, but I think it's still not up to, this, to what, what is needed in Europe. We need more of these, and we need to complete the monetary union. We need also to make it a much more permanent feature of European fiscal po policy, this uh, Next Generation EU. Maybe I can say something about the future finance minister, and I can imagine that uh, people outside Germany are afraid that they might get a Schäuble 2.0. Um, but uh, as if you take the arithmetics uh, of the election result, in any coalition, any of the two possible coalitions, the Green Greens will be the second partner, and uh, the FDP, the Democrats, Liberal Democ Free Democrats, will be the third partner. So, if the Chancellor comes either from the Social Democrats or from the Christian Democrats, then the Greens will get the number two position, and I think that will definitely be the Finance Minister. So, it's very unlikely that the Finance Minister will be from the Free Democrats, and I think that's maybe. Uh, and I think that whatever whatever the, the outcome will be, I think that's relatively certain and that would be a good news for Europe. So Mr. Lindner from the Free Democrats uh, definitely, I, I, I assume, will not be uh, the finance minister. was even better, so in a conservative coalition, uh, we would have had uh, Mr. Merz. Uh, as, for, uh, as as a finance minister, and that would have been a total disaster for Europe. But thank God this has been avoided. So, uh, Peter, one one question about because Raymond mentioned the, the 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 timing, and and in 2017 it took some months to 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 reach to see a, a coalition coming to light. Is time an issue now because things seem to be going well uh, in Germany? So. Uh, I wonder, can you afford to be with an acting government for a while? And because for Europe, as Raymond said, there are a number of issues that that are quite urgent. What's your reaction to that? Well, definitely, there are many, many challenges, many problems uh, to deal with. But I'm not so sure whether uh, it it will go very fast with the new government because due to the, to the coalition logic, uh, either the Greens or the Free Democrats or, or also Social Democrats, so they will, the parties will have to, to form the government, will have to make huge compromises. And I think um, these compromises can only be sold to the party members if you have shown that you have really had a strong and intensive struggle uh, and and this is not something so which which you can do in one week or so. And therefore, I'm a little bit pessimistic, uh, so that these compromises will be only possible if if long uh, and and intensive uh, discussion has been made among among the partners. But hopefully, I'm wrong. <laughs> so compromises take time because you need to you need to show to your supporters that you fought enough and and you've achieved so much. And so theater plays plays a plays a role everywhere. I think in this kind of of negotiations. Raymond, any final comments before we close? 
Yes, I, 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 in the meantime, I mean, yes, indeed, I mean, it's, it's, it takes time, compromise. Luckily, it, it will be solid, you know, it will be time-consuming but solid, the, the coalition. Uh, and, uh, uh, but I, I, in the meantime, um, one, of the, one of the key issues, one of the key challenges, there are many, of course, but I would highlight one, which is the, the, um, the pickup in prices, which is happening in all over Europe, including Germany, of course. And uh, this is um, leading to, to calls from certain uh, instances to kind of go a bit faster in the normalization, uh, so-called normalization of monetary policy. And that, of course, if, um, if done too abruptly, would be a real problem for, for many European countries, especially the most indebted ones. And it could lead to a, a, a round of austerity, you know, undesirable austerity. So I think it's very important that, uh, I mean, even in this transition period, there is, let's say, discussion also, not only uh, within Germany, but also between European countries, but uh, with, with the partner in Germany, which also is involved in this uh, realization that we need uh, graduality uh, from the point of view of the reaction to these uh, inflationary pressures. Our understanding is that there are, in many instances they are transitory, uh, uh, but this has to be manipulated with great caution because, of course, the expectations have to be maintained. But at the same time, we need to avoid uh, abrupt changes in monetary policy, which would, of course, undermine the recovery which is underway and is still fragile after all. But here, but here I would see the main responsibility with the ECB. And um, so, so far I don't see any obvious signs that the tightening is, is required on the inflationary front. And I think even if, let's say, spring next year, uh, the ECB would have to stop the asset purchases and even if some small increase in, in short-term rates is required, um, I think still it's then the responsibility of the ECB to prevent an, an unwarranted increase of long-term rates. And I think that's something the ECB could do, should do. And um, so here I have, so my model is uh, the yield curve control as it is practiced in Japan. And I think that's, that's something the ECB should address and should have in mind once a tightening of monetary policy is required. Uh, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Peter Boffinger, Chair for Monetary Policy and International Economics at Wurzburg University. Thank you for, so much for joining and I hope we can, uh, we can invite you in the future once we know the outcome and we can follow up on this it's so interesting thank you for joining yeah, thank you very much it was a real pleasure and uh, yeah maybe we can discuss then the outcome once once it is there yes that would be that would be good and also we can be more precise you know if we probably will have a lot more information about the programs uh, that the, the new government will follow so that will be a good opportunity thanks peter for sharing this uh, this discussion thank you raymond Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well.